the Acme Lowdown, a podcast series where we get the lowdown on the creative happenings here at Acme. Opening on Halloween, Acme is super excited to present Ghost Toast and Things Unsaid. I'm Shelley Machuli, content producer at Acme, and here to speak with me about the project is creator and director, Dan Kerner. Firstly, mm. do you believe in ghosts? Oh, that's a good question. I wasn't expecting that one. Uh, well, what I think is that um, bad things stick and energy can remain behind. And that's probably slightly what's sitting behind this work as well. It's a, um, it's a originally a, a kind of interactive theatre piece that goes for 20 minutes um, about a relationship that turns pretty sour. Um, and it's your job as the audience member to, to ascertain what went wrong. Um, but in true ghosty style, I think the um, the badness that is engendered by the bad relationship kind of sticks around, and these two ghosts kind of inhabit the um, the world that's left behind. Do, do you want to just talk a little bit about how the how the story plays out? Mm. So, um, uh, when you arrive at the installation that will be uh, on the balcony over at Acme, um, you'll be greeted by a person who will um, usher you into one of two booths. Um, and there's one booth for each character. And the characters are called Steve and Maud. Um, and if you go into Maud's booth, um, you'll be able to hear um, Maud's inner thoughts over about 60 years of her life. If you go into Steve's booth, you'll be able to hear Steve's inner thoughts over 60 years of his life. And we've divided that into kind of three sections. So as you look around the space, you can see Maud and Steve uh, in the 50s, and you can see Maud and Steve in the 70s, and then Maud and Steve in the 90s. Um, and you as an audience member are able to navigate those three time zones as you will. Um, and they all kind of operate at the same time. So it's a very kind of complex idea that kind of creates this very intricate narrative that you can kind of define yourself. Um, there are lots of things you could miss, um, but there are lots of things you can actually catch too if you kind of focus on the right point at the right time. But it's all about kind of, uh, kind of creating your own narrative through the work. And how do you know which way to focus your attention? This was a really big challenge making the work as well. And we've, um, at Sandpit, we've done a lot of work before in kind of theatre and in film um, and these very kind of prescriptive forms where you, um, you indicate to the audience where they need to be looking. Um, so in film, you obviously do that with how you frame a shot. Um, but, and in theatre, you can do that with light. That's a very kind of similar thing. In virtual reality, you need to kind of let your ego go a little bit like that as a director because um, you need to go out to the idea that your audience members can look any way they want at any time. Um, and that's a real challenge with this form that, um, that we're kind of just at the beginnings of now that's there might be a temptation with some virtual reality works to really kind of indicate to an audience where they should be looking. But our opinion in making this work was that it's really not going out to the spirit of the form, that you should really allow people to explore the world in any way they want and the narrative in any way they want. So how does the time jumping work? Um, to create the work, we had this very kind of complex script. So when you enter the work, um, you're surrounded by these three, three time zones. You've got, this, you've got the 50s, the 70s, and the 90s, and they're all operating at the same time. So you can choose to look at the 50s, you can choose to look at the 70s, or you can choose to look at the 90s. If you're looking at the 90s, the 50s will continue on behind you, but that's what you're looking at at the moment. Um, so to create the work, we had this very intricate script where we had kind of the six characters, so two characters in three different time zones, so six all up, um, in kind of these six columns running down the page. 
um, because they all had to run kind of concurrently all at the same time, which created this real kind of house of cards in trying to edit the work as well. To Because um, we've done some kind of tricky things in there too where if one character in the 70s is thinking about something and you're listening to their thoughts, there might be a thematic link to what the person in the 50s are thinking about. So it kind of creates this kind of serendipity between the two. So if you do jump between the two time zones, there is some sort of some sort of uh, theme or, or logic that underpins it as well. So it's not completely kind of disruptive depending on where you're looking. So where does the audience sit in all of this? So the audience is dead centre um, and everything happens all around them. Um, and the original set, which was this kind of hexagon um, that you stand in the middle of, um, had a kind of black triangle on the floor um, that you stand on. And that um, was designed by our excellent uh, designer, Renata Hanschke, um, to kind of look like a, a planchette, which is what we found out is the kind of triangular thing that you put your fingers on on a Ouija board. Um, so the aesthetic that kind of sits underneath this kind of very domestic apartment is this kind of slightly witchy, ghosty Ouija world as well. Why did you decide to put the audience in, in this wonderful ghost suit? So with this project, um, we obviously were kind of looking for ways where the, the technology wasn't kind of immediately obvious. So when you arrive at the space, you, you get given this this ghost sheet that, um, that actually originally had a, um, a gyroscope and an accelerometer hidden in the back with some hidden speakers in the sides. This iteration of the work is um, in virtual reality. So you arrive at the space, put on a virtual reality visor, but then on top goes this ghost sheet, a classic ghost sheet with the big eye holes. Um, and off you go into your, your booth, whether you're Steve or Maud. Um, but also there's these little kind of holes that are punctured around the booth so people can kind of walk past and spy in and kind of see these little ghosties kind of rotating in the, in the booth. So, um, yeah, we, we, we didn't want to make a work that was just virtual reality or just audience members arriving and putting on a visor. Um, I suppose we're looking for something a little more theatrical than that, that, um, that we can create this whole kind of world around. Technology can be a really um, kind of deadening force as well. And we're very hypersensitive at Sampit about when technology can kind of kill emotion or kill connection. Um, so we're always, um, we're always keeping an, our eye out for that. And I suppose that that's when we'd say no, is when, um, when you stop feeling because of the technology that gets in the way. If you're wandering around staring at a screen, you know, um, if things are glitching out, if things are too loud, you know, it's like these are the sorts of things that you can just lose the humanity of the work that you're doing. In, I think. Ghost Toasts and Things Unsaid opens at Acne on Halloween, the 31st of October, and coincides with International Games Week, which is also happening in and around Acme. Uh, it's free, but you do need to book. You have been listening to an Acme podcast. For more recordings, go to soundcloud.com slash acmeonline or the Acme website.